shining a beacon on the bazaar. Now, Aki will be back. Oh, I can't wait. I can see the White House is all clean, everything's all done. The spanky. Ahoy, Benny! Oh, he's here. Hey, up, Aki. You alright, girl? Oh, give me some, give me some of this here. Oh, he's got the beer. Look at all these stuff. <laughs> I'm getting out as well. Oh. Hey, here we go. Oh. You're up on dry land. Welcome home. Oh, I'll tell you what, that brewing course has been hard work. Two weeks of making beer. Oh, look at it. Oh, Jesus. Oh, oh <laughs> can't wait to get me gob around these. Fascinating process, our kid. Is it? Oh, oh, yeah, all the different malts and hops and things like this you have to oh. work with. And I'll tell you something, I think I've mastered it. You know, oh, free yeah. beer, free yeah, beer. <laughs> what? Free beer? Come on, let's get some pot. Oh, yeah. Well, come on, I'm about that. Um, thing is, I got so good at it, I, I can't resist it, man. I've drunk it all. <gasps> You and Pete, have you been on that boat blasting all that beer? Well, Is that empty? To be honest there, Pete wasn't so happy, he only got two beers out of it. Oh my god, Pete what? only got two and you some and I ain't got none! <laughs> One of them were meant for you and all. Oh, sweet Mary, no, no! I've been doing some right farts, I tell you. Oh, 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 oh you punching git. Can you brew more though? Can you get some more of boil? Can do that in the kitchen now. Yeah, yeah, get it on our kid. Oh man, I'm gasping. <laughs> It'd be take a few weeks. It's just not Oh, I'm dry, I'm dry. <gasps> but tell you what we'll do in the meantime, we'll get something sorted out. Um, a bit of casting, Because you gotta remember, this is Kraken Cove. The podcast that shines a beacon onto the bazaar. <laughs> it certainly is. And I'm Benny. And I'm Matt. You got in there quick, didn't you? <laughs> I'll don't switch it. Switch your rules. <laughs> switch your rules, <laughs> <laughs> Welcome home. <laughs> so sorry we've been away for a couple of weeks there, guys. Uh, we've uh, we've been very, very busy. Well, very, very busy. But, but now we're back at the cove, we're going to get things sorted out, and we're going to do a bit of casting. Oh, a juicy episode, I hope, Arky. It definitely is. Always is. <laughs> Let's get cracking. <laughs> We're all settled down, aren't we? Mm, certainly. Oh, nice and cosy. So, first ship out at harbour this week, right? <laughs> this is a good one for this. It's, it's, it's very important news, is this. Um, this is from BBC News. Mr Potato Head has a rebrand. He's been rebranded. Rebranded? Yeah. Why into a carrot or something? <laughs> <laughs> No, you see, because it's like they've had to think of a new name, new title, all that sort of stuff, you know. Now, uh, so he's been rebranded as Potato Head. Potato. So Mr. Potato is Potato Head. So it was Mr. Potato Head. Now it's Potato Head. Oh, they've gone gender, gender oh. neutral potato. <laughs> well, more bang for your buck, I suppose, isn't it? You can just switch it round into Mr. Potato, Mrs. Potato, or yeah, just in between up, potato. Yeah, I think that's an idea. So I think what they're doing is probably supplying him with maybe even gender neutral clothes. Do you think? I don't. I think maybe same different bits in the box. Well, you might like have like a nice flowery dress and a pair of sort of. Um, Big wife fronts. <laughs> oh, on a potato. Oh, a potato. <laughs> Does a potato have a sex though? Do you get male and female? Well, that's a good, yeah, I, I think you probably do. And then you rub um, them together and get baby potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> when one potato loves another potato very much. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I think what they do is with potatoes, it's, it's like because they're a tuber, they're a root, aren't they? All right. So that's where the well, that's where the plant uh, stores its energy. Right. Um, All right so they yeah. get sort of like they're, they're, they're fertilized by uh, a bees visiting them their flowers. So you oh, do have a male and female sort of plant but it's like the, there's a pollinator comes in from one flower yeah. and takes it from the male part of that flower right. and puts it into the female part of another flower so there is literally Mr Potato or Mrs Potato so they're going against nature with this they are going against nature <laughs> <laughs> steady guys I'm only talking about potatoes <laughs> So, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you'd tell whether your particular potato is a male or female potato, anyway. But yeah. I don't think. Look at its root. <laughs> <laughs> Open its petals. Oh. <laughs> so no, but I, I think I think it's quite good if somebody's going to be a bit pissed off with that. And let's face it, kids don't care. The door, do they? I mean, if you make them care, you're screwing the little ends up. Yeah, that's it. It's yeah. like it's, it's not it's not an important thing, you know. Isn't it? You Did you have a Mrs. Potato head? Were there one in the market? There wasn't. I didn't. I didn't get a Mrs. Potato Head because obviously yeah. we grew up in the seventies. Yeah, yeah. And uh, in the seventies, the idea of actually giving a female sort of like a female toy to a man was yeah, deemed true. absolutely insane. Because yeah. but the seventies were insane. Yeah, yeah, you definitely. Know? <laughs> and so the idea, like, if somebody sort of like, you know, it was one of these things you used to say. Oh yeah, I'm a bit worried about little Jeff. He's, he's yeah. playing with dolls. Yeah, well, and it was just seen as only one were a kid going, oh, this is fun. Yeah, you know? yeah. And yeah, that's it. They're just having a bit of fun. But you like nowadays, you know, people. Uh, it's a bit more open. Everyone's yeah, fine yeah. about it. You can, you can, can play. She's with fine in yeah. it. Just go play, have just fun. Play and have fun. That's all that matters. I mean, there's a few people that have been a bit pissed off the fact that this potato has been rebranded <laughs> oh, and that. But as it happens, luckily, what's happened is they are actually still producing ah, Mr. Nice. Potato Head yeah, and yeah. the Mrs. Potato Head. You can still get yeah, it, oh. or you can just get Potato Head. Oh, that's all right. Yeah, no problem with that. No, that's how it should be. I think as well. You know. So there's sort of said um, uh, there is a movement around gender neutrality at the moment. Said Frederick Tut, a toy industry analyst for the NPD group, right? And it's something that Hasbro has been addressing along with inclusivity, and that is a good thing, I think. You know, mm, yeah, yeah. but of course you got sort of like some people mm. who was, you get your uh, 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 like your, your sort of strict conservatives. Oh, uh, here we go. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, you know what I mean, and he. Oh yeah, because so you conservatives, are, you know, the commentators have got stuff to say about this. Yeah, yeah. There's one American commentator, Ben Shapiro, wrote on Twitter: "Barbie must be renamed something more gender neutral. This is imperative." Uh, I think, oh fuck off, mate. Oh, man, you know honestly, I mean? lockdown ain't doing some people good, other than like really picking at the details. <laughs> well, I, I, th I think they are very much so as well. You know what I mean? I think it's uh, people are. They're losing the shit about the slightest thing, yeah, you know. Yeah, and let's face it, if you or, or if it's the only thing that's you know sort of like pressing your buttons is the yeah. idea that there's a third version of a toy come out <laughs> and you can still get the Mister version and the Mrs. version, you know what I mean? And you're you take it on yourself to shout about it from the rooftops, then yeah, you've got a fucking screw loose, exactly. anyway. Yeah, you know? yeah. But the thing is, is now it's like. Um, uh, in 2019, a global toy giant Mattel released a line of gender neutral dolls, which is ace. Yeah. And he said, and if you don't like it, don't buy it. Exactly. Yeah. And it, was Ben Shapiro disappointed because he was going down fucking Toys R Us and not being able to get his potato? <laughs> <laughs> With his little ones and that. Don't look, children! There's, there's a, a neutral! <laughs> there's a gender neutral potato on my shelf. God! The scout for life! Unlike the traditional male potato. <laughs> yeah. With a big moustache. Oh, nothing! Yeah. <laughs> With a big moustache. <laughs> But then you got sort of like Thomas the Tank Engine. They've introduced lots more women yeah, or female yeah. engines. But it, 
that in, in itself sort of is a bit weird because everyone refers to things like ships to cars as her is, is a, yeah. Yeah, a she and a her so yeah, basically yeah. technically perhaps Thomas the Tank Engine is gender neutral as well yeah, he yeah. chooses to appear as a man yeah but and that's his choice. Yeah. But then again, what makes him male or female? Because let's face it, have they got a dingle dangle? Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to know. <laughs> keep me up at night. No. Jeez. I like it when he blows his horn, though. <laughs> toot toot, Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> So we're, uh, we're going to revisit something a bit more fun now. This Ooh, is this revisit. is something when I saw this, I thought to myself, oh, I know somebody will want to hear about this. <laughs> <laughs> so this one is fresh questions over Japanese restaurant in Norwich Home. Oh, yeah, baby, <laughs> we're back at him. We're back at him, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a troop for this dude, man. <laughs> he's a fucking Teflon coat with this guy. That's oh. he's amazing. Oh, yeah. And this is a story by uh, David Hammond for the uh, Norwich <laughs> Evening News, which has been a bit of a staple of mine recently yeah. for reading, because it's fucking so bad. He patches from Norwich. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing, you can't but doing it in his voice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get stuck in then, right? <laughs> so, a bed and breakfast owner is to face fresh questions over whether he is running an illicit Japanese restaurant from his Norwich home. <laughs> for the past... You, <laughs> for the past two years... Orlando Williams has faced consistent allegations that his bed and breakfast on Earlham Road is also operating as a restaurant and takeaway without planning permission. He has an illuminated sign above his door which reads Orlando's Sakura. <laughs> a Facebook page called Sakura Japanese Yakiniku Restaurant. <laughs> and in May last year, this newspaper was able to purchase a takeaway from his home. <laughs> However, to date, Norwich City Council says it has been unable to find any evidence of Mr. Williams using the site as a restaurant or a takeaway. Go on Facebook, look at the pictures of it. Go on his fucking house, he's got a sign on the front. Christ almighty. Now, Mr. Williams is facing fresh questions over his use of the home, with City Hall set to serve him with a planning contravention notice, which is a, a PCN, the call. Right. These are notices served where there has been suspected breach of planning regulations and are used to obtain information from landowners to assist with investigation. Right. So, there's, they're really, they're looking into it now, you know what I mean? They really are sort of looking at scenes up to no good. <laughs> So a previous, uh, so he's had this, this delivered to him, he knows he's yeah, got it right yeah. and all that sort of stuff. And a previous notice was sent to Mr. Williams on December 23rd, but his response to it is deemed insufficient to determine a breach. Mm -hmm. So he's, so they're saying, we think you're running a restaurant here and stuff. So basically he hasn't responded and they're saying, oh. <laughs> because he had owned up. That's the only reason, right? Because he had owned up. He's clever, isn't he? I like yeah. this dude. So they've got, they asked all of Williams about this and he says, I have not heard anything from the council. I run a bed and breakfast. I have a bed and breakfast, which I have registered. That is all I know. <laughs> and asked directly whether he was running a restaurant and takeaway, he added, I do not want to talk. All I know is I run a B&B. &B. Perhaps you were talking about someone else. 
<laughs> what a champ, I love it. The fucking I'm, balls on this guy. I'm, I'm taking that one, just don't hold up, don't say oh no. What what restaurant? Yeah, what restaurant? He's just standing outside this fucking restaurant that reeks of Japanese cooking. <laughs> yeah. I'm not bed and breakfast like, you know, those kind of like really weird rice paper walls and all that yeah. sort of stuff, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Those weird slippers, you know, where yeah. your toe goes into one bit and stuff. <laughs> he's just, he's there in a kimono and all sorts of things. He's all about Orlando Williams. He's not even Japanese as well, like. And he's, he's, which is fine, you can cook whatever you want. And yeah, yeah. But it's the fact he's so insistent on this Japanese angle, you know what I mean? Massive. To have the balls to put a sign on your house. And plus, through, he ain't just like doing it when you're in bed and breakfast and having an illegal kind of like bloody restaurant in your living room. But he's going through lockdown and everything. <laughs> yeah. Still knocking them out. <laughs> knocking out the sushi. This is it. This is it. At least, yeah, that's it. He's, he's, he's all in the middle of lockdown. He's been doing it throughout lockdown. He's just, he's unstoppable. He's yeah, an unstoppable force. <laughs> the yeah. fact that he's got a Facebook group offering <laughs> menus and stuff like this, and people have been able to buy Japanese food from him. <laughs> and he still gets away with he it. He still gets away with it because, nope. No, no, nothing. I've heard nothing. Yeah, he's in with a white carrier bag with it, in, getting on his little moped and go deliver a Japanese restaurant, Japanese meal to somebody. Hero, absolutely. It's absolutely hero of the week. I fucking love it. He should just... get into politics or something, though. He could sort this fucking shit oh, down out, couldn't he? You know what I mean? Orlando just steaming. He could just bluff his way through anything. <laughs> Foreign affairs and that. Nope, not heard anything. <laughs> could be a bomb going up. What bomb? Oh, there's no bomb here. He's just climbing in it with a sort of hazmat suit. You know? No, that's it. I just love it. I'm glad he's yeah, back on. And we yeah. will be delivering more news about Orlando Williams and his restaurant. Yeah, we need to keep Slash following. B&B. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the big sl- big samurai slash Bless him. <laughs> oh, he's back. Say he's a good one for you. I'm quite mm. liking it. I mean, because over on Cracking Cove, we like to be as sort of eco-friendly as possible. Oh, aye. Don't we? I mean, we're looking at that kind of thing, and I quite like a wind turbine. What do you think? Yeah, about definitely. Think yeah, that. yeah. There's something even better than wind turbines out there. Ooh, now, right? I know, cause I was a little bit boring looking. I want to be a bit more like Holland or something. You know what I mean? I want a big windmill. A you know, windmill, yeah, traditional yeah, exactly, style. Exactly. Hundreds rather. of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a bit cuter. Yeah. But uh, so this is called. This is good vibrations. Bladeless turbines could bring wind power to your home. Wow, right. Yeah, so you, you, what do you think there? Like, I just couldn't imagine like it's going down an all or something. Right. Kind of thing. So, so this is good. This, so this story is called Good Vibrations. Bladeless turbines could bring wind power to your home, right? <laughs> now, unfortunately, <laughs> we've just had a little look. <laughs> I've, seen, of it. I've seen things that I will never unsee. So they're actually calling these things sky braters, right? Oh, good actually, because <laughs> Jesus yeah. Christ, that is exactly I think what it's it a looks nick- like. It's a nickname for it, right? But wow. Says, so this is by uh, Gillian Ambrose for The Guardian, right? The giant wind farms that line hills and coastlines are not the only way to harness the power of wind, say green energy pioneers who plan to reinvent wind power by foregoing the need for turbine towers, blades, and even wind. Wow. So it doesn't necessarily have to be sort of windy for these, That's right? That's clever. 
So we're not going against, uh, uh, we're not against traditional wind farms, says David Yanes, the inventor of Vortex Bladeless. A six-person six startup based just outside Madrid has pioneered a turbine design that can harness energy from winds without the white, sweeping white blades considered synonymous with wind power. Now these things are sort of what it looks like. Is it's, it's a bladeless turbine. It stands at three meters high. Oh, is that all it is? Three meters. Three meters high, yeah. And it's a curved top cylinder fixed vertically with an elastic rod. It looks like a big dildo. <laughs> yeah, it does. It, <laughs> it just looks really like a massive looks like dildo. Ma yeah, big wobbly dildo. And that's why they call them sky breakers. <laughs> yeah. And so you've got to look at it. We'll, we'll, we'll post a picture, but we won't be able to post a film of it. So have a little look. Just put sky breakers in here at YouTube. I think, look at this I think there's one vibrator on the market called the Squirmy Router. <laughs> 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 that looks very... <laughs> <laughs> that looks very similar to I what they think. That. <laughs> that were a weird party, wasn't it? <laughs> never again, Arkin, never again. <laughs> oh, taxi, please. <laughs> <laughs> so the bladeless turbines stand at three metres high and it's a curved-topped cylinder dildo fixed vertically <laughs> with an elastic rod so to the untrained eye it appears to waggle back and forth <laughs> not unlike a car dashboard toy and why yeah. they say that not unlike a fucking dildo that's yeah, what it does. Like. you can't do anything else it looks like yeah so it's that oscillation that it that it works towards it sort of like pings and blows away it, it naturally will vibrate like that constantly yeah yeah you know because the, like you said about the, the wind or something even like that just like one thing hitting it it's going to wobble in it and just keep wobbling with the momentum going, of yeah. it that's quite it's crazy it looks awful <laughs> it does look a bit wrong doesn't it it's a bit, yeah. bit alarming you know what I mean it's, I mean, I'll give me a bit of a twitch to be honest <laughs> <laughs> So it's, it's already raised eyebrows on the forum site Reddit, which of course it would have yeah. done, you know, where the turbine was likened to a giant vibrating sex toy. So the unmistakably phallic design attracted more than 94,000 ratings and 3,500 comments on the site, you know. <laughs> but it received 20,000 positive ratings from Reddit users, so everyone was up for it, you know what I mean? It's pretty good. And the thing is, though, the good thing about this is, uh, sort of joking aside, uh -huh. is that the actual turbines... Um, the, because of the blades, they sort of knack in loads of birds, I've don't they? And stuff that, like yeah, I mean, yeah, it's yeah, like they've got to be really, ca really careful. Yeah. And they are massive. I'm about to say, to say that's three metres, that's fantastic yeah. bit of science. The, are they, they won't pump out as, enough energy like one turbine, one dildo. In, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe <laughs> just enough to power a dildo. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't know what the actual energy sort of like creation output, and the energy output if it's is, anywhere know. near they've done fantastic because you're rather colossal out the wind turbine yeah. and ugly right so uh, so they're saying today the turbine is small and would generate small amounts of electricity but we are looking at an industrial partner to scale up our plans <laughs> to 140 metre high oh, power wow. capacity and it's a power capacity of 1 megawatt so that's massive is is it? That? Yeah, yeah that's massive but the good thing about these ones is they can scale them down as well. So a scaled down version of the turbine, which is about one metre high, right, mm -hmm. is going to be installed on the O2 arena. So that's going to add towards its green energy input. Wow, yeah. So you could have one of these big wangers on top of your house or in your garden or something, <laughs> wobbling away like a good like, And you could be sort of powering, I don't know, your, your, your dildo. Your dildo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And everybody knows. Yeah. That's a great thing about it. <laughs> I wonder though. I wonder if you could, how low down you could scale it down to, and just have one wobbling around like that. <laughs> you just climb, climb on when you want. Like. <laughs> well, thing is, rather than impact being powered, you're powering it. You know, you're waggling it. 
I'm making your own cup of tea and they're like you're really giving it so oh tea's ready I don't think I want tea now <laughs> <laughs> definitely stirring it <laughs> so I think they're pretty good though you know yeah I like the science to it so they're saying that they designed this three metre high one it can generate 100 to 200 kilowatts you know what I mean and I think, I think that's pretty I good. don't have a clue what that is random art yeah I, I don't know really I wouldn't I know what that's it's good to say that they've tapped into some you know um, describe it <laughs> it's water and it's a screw and it's a Greek dude oh the screw. Archimedes uh, yeah. is it the, uh, the is it the Archimedes screw? Yeah, yeah, that's, I think yeah, it's that's the Archimedes it. screw, you know. But yeah. I think you know, it's a bit. It's, yeah, it's, it's good that they've invented something that works like this, and it's good yeah. that we, you know, you got to always look at uh, sort of uh, reinvention, don't yeah, you? Yeah. It's like a Max yeah. of VHS, yeah, you know I mean? totally. mini disc. <laughs> All these things. It's good to sort of look at things, and rather than saying, "Oh, it has to be turbine," yeah. which, again, I don't mind turbines, but yeah. if, if there's an alternative out there, it's better than oil. It's just better. I'm, yeah. I'm bloody sick of oil. You know what I mean? It's, it's 2021. We really need to be powering away from that. I still say though, people are going to be looking at these on the horizon, wobbling away, oh, and getting right fizz on. Yeah, <laughs> they are. I think they're yeah. going to attract a crowd out. And let's face it, when's the first one going to get painted? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, crudely. Yeah. <laughs> a couple of bollocks back to the Even rolling snowballs to him. Yeah. Yeah. It wangs away on the horizon. You know? <laughs> oh, God. So watch, watch a horizon near you soon and yeah. see, let us know, be the first to let us know if you see one of these juicy wangers <laughs> wobbling <laughs> about. <laughs> and if you want to contact us, you can contact us email at crackandcovepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, at Twitter, we are at crackandcove. And Instagram, is at Cracking Cove Pod. And if you happen to be on Facebook, you're having a good complaint about uh, immigrants or something, <laughs> uh, you can find us uh, just, 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 type, just type in Cracking Cove and you'll find us eventually. You know? Yeah, we're there somewhere. Yeah. You, can call us, uh, you can call us libtards on there. Then. We'll meet up with our kinfolk from all the world around when the gang of bird folk take the road and yellows on the broom. When yellows on the broom, when yellows on the broom, and I'll get you on the road again. When yellows on the so you did get a little bit fizzy by seeing a sky breaker on the horizon, you know what I mean? And you had, I remember you did like a little accident in your pants or something. <laughs> All right. Know? Well, you know, you could, you could perhaps sort of save it, you know? Because what they're on about doing now is on about having like a special sort of like a, a bank, like yeah. to save up 6.7 million sperm specimens and wow. egg specimens of humans, right? Right. Because they're saying that we are... And it's so well. It's not just of humans, of all animals. So yeah, you can yeah. sort of freeze them. You can almost like a mini, you know, like a Jurassic Park. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Where you can put these together because they're saying certain things are under such danger now. Wow. That they want to kind of make a like a seed bank, like Eden or yeah, whatever it a was. A like, bank. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what it is. It's, it's a it's a it's a, a, a creature, a living creature, a sort of seed bank. Can that's you freeze it then? Yeah, 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 yeah. You can. What? Yeah. You can freeze sperm and yeah. then de- and they well, still do it all alive. the time. Yeah, yeah, do it all the time. But I think. I think recently they defrosted one, like a sample of 50 odd years old. And, well, and off it goes again. It's still swimming about. Yeah. Oh, that's I don't mental. know. Same as eggs, same as same as women's eggs. God, I never thought about yeah. that. They could do. I thought it had to be fresh. I thought it had a sound <laughs> <bag>. <laughs> <laughs> to be fresh. 
<laughs> like holding up to the light. Oh, this is nice and clear. Yeah, get it in quick. <laughs> get it in quick. But no, that's it. it, it, it can, I don't know how the process is that they freeze it. Yeah, I thought yeah. it killed it, but no, they, they, they can freeze that's it. And because they do it now with like women who have sort of like certain certain cancers, yeah. and they know they're going to get like chemotherapy. It will sterilize them, wow. and it happens with with blokes as well if they've got certain cancers. They, yeah. they say, right, quick, we get wanking, and yeah, sort of think, yeah, well, yeah. Not, not women, you <laughs> 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 might die. I'm a bit wank, <laughs> but no, they harvest their eggs yeah. and freeze them. And then for the blokes, it is that's literally that. Here's a cup, here's a magazine. You can fill this as quick wow. as you can because you're going to get chemo soon. It could be sterile. So they're just going to be wanking everybody, all animals getting wanked. Yeah, everything, everything's... every every species <laughs> they can find, they're going to wank it off. <laughs> oh, a little hedgehog and that, like, <laughs> don't know what's going on. What are you doing? <laughs> get off me. <laughs> just find it apart, wank it off, and chuck it in the bush. Thank you. <laughs> See ya. Come here, swan. <laughs> What if he's gonna be like one man's job, you know what I mean? He's just like he's gonna tackle everything like some wanking Steve Irwin. Magic fucking process of it. You know, you're going for an interview. <laughs> what are you talking Fucking What are you talking Yeah, he takes that off. I brought my own dog, look at me. Fucking. I can't watch the game to round him out. Me smile on his face, he fucking loves it. <laughs> <laughs> right used to it and that. Get lipstick on that. Nature is there, but not all the ones there with fucking little nets. What have you got in there, Jimmy? I've got a new mister. <laughs> Give it here. <laughs> Watch these. Daddy! But the thing is, though, all these specimens, they realise that Earth's too dangerous to save them on Earth. Right? What? Because are going to put all this spunk on moon. Oh my God, we are in the future. This is Buck Rogers oh. shit, is this? That's it. Buck Rogers. <laughs> going to put it on the moon. You're going to put it on the moon. Wow. Put... Oh, so we get around to the... Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> so this is by somebody called Snow Diagon, which is a right old name. Can't, yeah. I don't think we've christened that one. Yeah, I don't think Yeah, and this is for International Business News and said, Preserving life on Earth is on the minds of scientists as they prepare to store 6.7 million sperm cells and over. <laughs> Not on Earth, but on the moon. Because they said... Um, <laughs> Oh, Jesus. They are now in a stage of planning for the establishment of a sperm bank which can safely store reproductive cells, both sperm and ova, coming from 6.7 million species. <laughs> I just imagine the bloke who does that wanking his own spaceship as well. Yeah. He's shuttling back and forth. His right hand is like Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> He's like the most ripped hand you've ever seen. Vaults, <laughs> calluses. Oh, he's working his way up to a fucking elephant, isn't he? <laughs> Come here. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's, uh, they did made like a, a report for it. So it's the um, so he's a guy called J uh, Jake and Thanger, right? He's he's like a, he's authored like a report on this thing from the University of Arizona, and he's submitted it to the annual annual Institute of Electrical and Electronics Engineers. 
and there's um, it's at an aerospace conference, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, so yeah. And he's, he's submitted the idea of lunar pits and lava tubes for a modern arc. Wow. So imagine all these little sort of like these special places on up on the moon, which are yeah, sort of tucked yeah. away underground. And he's thinking that's where we're going to store all. God, this, stuff. this is wild, isn't yeah. it? Really, is a wild idea. But can you imagine if you did sort of like if you did sort of put it all there, you know what I mean? And you thought, all oh, right, that's great. It's, I've got some more samples we need to go put in. And you arrived, and it's all gone. It's been taken. Oh. So it's like basically we're putting all our DNA and all our sort of knowledge of what we are as a planet all upon another mini planet. Jesus. There for, I mean, it could be there for all eternity. Yeah, it could yeah. be frozen for all eternity, but then again, it could be rifled by some alien force. Oh. Yeah, you know I mean, yeah. I can imagine then that what they'd think. Somebody went around and wanked off all these animals. He had that one job to do. <laughs> and maybe the shape of the bill is one giant stiff sock. He <laughs> <laughs> never his thread does another bit. strand of DNA. Yeah, that's it. So I think it's a good idea, but good grief, like I say, it's, it's, it's madness, isn't it? It is absolute madness, but I do, it kind of shows what scary times we're in again, isn't it? you know what I mean? But just imagine that, you know, because basically they're saying that get it up on moon just in case there's nuclear holocaust, isn't there, really? Yeah. But imagine if it, we are job taking it there, you brought it all up and you look down at Earth and you just, poof, poof, you just see it's it all the time. And you're thinking, I ain't even packed a lunch. Oh, no. And then you, you look and think, oh, no, the only <sighs> thing that's edible. <laughs> <laughs> Time to swallow. <laughs> tiger. There's a bit of tiger today. <laughs> now nah, what? What if there's a way of putting them together actually making your own animals? You might really fully think, I'm not full, I'm pregnant. <laughs> Sure, it's been wanked off, or you can wank it off. To be honest, <laughs> you know what I mean. Unwankable. But I found this really interesting because it's been like a bit of a debate over a while for this sort of thing. But a cephalopod has passed a cognitive test designed for human children. I don't understand three quarters of that. Sentence. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't have passed that test, would you? Maybe no, not me. <laughs> Well, a cephalopod, basically, this is a cuttlefish. Ah, and, right. and amongst all the cephalopods, you've got things like octopus and all that sort of thing. Cool. You know? And until recently, people didn't even think they could kind of feel anything. They didn't they ah, have a right. nervous system like yeah. us. So you see these, frankly, horrible Japanese cooking shows oh. where they sort of slice up sort of things yeah, and then sort of pour alive. vinegar on it or soy yeah, sauce and yeah. it's squirming around and they just have a good laugh about it. Mm. Or the, uh, the scene in Old Boy where yeah. some... Guy just eats, but the main main character eats an octopus alive, and you just think, oh, well, it's all right, it's an octopus. Mm. Well, as it happens, it isn't all oh, right. It's obvious, isn't it, that yeah. it feels somewhere. Yeah, well, this is it. I mean, all you have to do is watch the scene. You can see it's, yeah. it's not happy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know I, mean? I don't think anybody was watching that. <laughs> no, no, that's it. <laughs> so this is a new test of uh, cephalopod smarts has reinforced how important it is for humans um, to not underestimate animal intelligence. Mm. And this is by Michelle Star for ScienceAlert.com. So, cuttlefish have been put uh, to a new version of the marshmallow test, and the result appears to demonstrate that there's more going on in their strange little brains than we knew. So, the marshmallow test, or the Stanford Marshmallow Experiment, is pretty straightforward. A child is placed in a room with a marshmallow. They are told if they can manage not to eat the marshmallow for 15 minutes, they'll get a second one and be allowed to eat both. Alright, yeah. So it's that sort of thing where the it's the ability to delay gratification demonstrates cognitive abilities such as future planning, 
and it was originally conducted to study how human cognition develops, specifically at what age a human is smart enough to delay gratifications if it means a better outcome later. Mm. So it's that kind of planning, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Sort of, you know, and I think it's I think it's really true. So apparently some some primates can delay gratification. Yeah. So they'll I mean, obviously, you've seen some chimpanzees that are trying to do all the stuff. Even fuck a frog's mouth. <laughs> the funny art, the, yeah, the funny way they get going among these. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bit of a broad, broad way of putting it. I've seen some clips, so I'm not going, oh my god. <laughs> but they are, they are funny. Apparently, it's like. Um, some dogs can do it as well. Oh, right. How do you know though? You, you're not going to say 15 minutes to a dog. <laughs> well, no, this is the thing, and it's like crows as well, because what they'll do, they adapt the, the marshmallow test. So yeah. they're not using the marshmallow. In the case of like a dog, they might be using a particular treat that if it's learned. But in a weird way, it's like a dog sort of said, if you put a treat down, yeah. if, it, if it behaves well, it gets the treat. So yeah, it's sit, yeah. stay. Don't, yeah, like don't, give par or something, you know what I mean? Yeah, it'll, it'll do something to too. sort of. They'll, they'll find a way of it sort of yeah. like, you know. But, um, and the same was like I've seen it with court with crows and, and things. I like mainly crows because they're so fucking intelligent, yeah, crows, are, especially man. the ones that are at Cove at the moment. <laughs> no, Jesus, what's going on with really, them? Yeah, it's I'm fucking cleverer than me. <laughs> 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 so, what they did, they, uh, they designed a test right for six common cuttlefish. I don't yeah. like any animal being called common, I think no, it's I know, yeah. especially <laughs> as amazing as a cuttlefish, right? <laughs> So they're placed inside a special tank with two enclosed chambers that are transparent doors so the animals can see inside. And in the chambers were snacks. A less preferred one being a piece of raw king prawn in one, right? Yeah. And a much more enticing live grass shrimp in the mm, other. Yum, yum. Now, I, I wouldn't like to be referred to as a snack. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that little grass shrimp, right? He's only little and he's looking at it. He's a transparent door and you've got these three... Like colour oscillating, <laughs> these sort of colour oscillating monsters peering in, going snack. Yeah, you're thinking, where's the snack? Where's the snack? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and the doors also had symbols on them that the cuttlefish had been trained to recognise. Jesus. So a circle meant the door would open straight away. A triangle meant the door would open after a time interval between ten and one uh, hundred and thirty seconds, so two yeah. minutes, just over. And a square, used only in the control condition, and meant the door stayed closed indefinitely. It wasn't yeah, going to open, yeah. you know. So in the test condition, the prawn was placed behind the open door while the live shrimp was only accessible after a delay. Yeah. So if the cuttlefish went for the prawn, the shrimp was immediately removed, got yeah, away with yeah, it, you know. Yeah. And meanwhile, in the control group, the shrimp remained inaccessible behind the square symbol door that wouldn't open. So the researchers found that all the cuttlefish in the test condition decided to wait for their preferred food, the live shrimp, but didn't bother to do so in the control group where they couldn't access it. Mm -hmm. So because they couldn't get at it, they just thought, well, it's off the prawn anyway, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, rather than I could wait for the shrimp. Cuttlefish in the present study were all able to wait for the better reward and tolerated delays for up to 50 to 130 seconds which is comparable to what we see in large-brained vertebrates such as chimpanzees, crows and parrots. So now we know this thing about them, you know what I mean? They yeah, can, they, yeah. They've got much better, 
there's a different ways of thinking. I mean, uh, what I would point towards people watching who want to catch up is there's a, there's a program at the moment called I think it's called Animal. In, I don't know it's called Intelligent Animals or something yeah, with Chris yeah. Packham at the moment. Oh yeah, there's <coughs> not where that's supposed to be. Yeah, it's really really good, and it's, it's looking at the way that animals are differently intelligent to us. Yeah, yeah. You know, where intelligent we we consider intelligence on our own scale, but there's a yeah. lot of other things going on. Yeah. Because you don't need a brain as big as ours if you're a cuttlefish. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, you can yeah. be doing other things and use yeah. your brains in like I say, brilliant ways. But no, the, the one of the big things with um, uh, cephalopods, though, which they can't figure out, is because they they know stuff almost straight away. They have to know things because none of them live very long. Right, so it's everything's right urgent. <coughs> so everything's kind of urgent. They have to get things done. But the, what they're thinking is, if a, if a cephalopod of sorts could actually live longer. Yeah, and yeah. say live to, I don't know, so like 40, 50 years and have lots of other cuttlefish and teach them things yeah. and stuff. They don't know how far that cephalopods could wow. expand and be, you know, yeah. you know their inte- what their intelligence and learning could be. God, so they're bright things, bright things, the old cuttlefish there, mm. you know. But I'm quite impressed because they're one of my favourite creatures of cuttlefish. I do love all that. I don't really know much about cuttlefish, but octopus and all that, they're yeah. well cool. Tell you what, though, that test, I struggle with that, with marshmallow <laughs> test. <laughs> <laughs> you put me in a room with a marshmallow. I mean, just like <laughs> walk over and grab it. We show you now. Pick up the instructions. On the guns. No, you didn't leave one. Are you gonna leave? Yeah. <laughs> Try trick him. You know? No, we left one. <laughs> we didn't. Just, just like. Just, <laughs> I think, but to be honest, I think a lot of people would st- probably struggle with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It depends what it is, isn't it? You don't. You wouldn't believe me. They would. What? You give me two. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like that one now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Bird in the hands worth two in the bush. <laughs> exactly, I'm going home now. <laughs> if you knock him out and grab the bigger marshmallows yeah. off them. And the fox a bag. That's intelligence. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody nerd. Give me a slap. Well, I've got one, and I've done no research about it at all. But have you seen the state of fucking Prince Charles's fingers? <laughs> it's like he's a really old. I know loads of stuff. Like, like, what's that one who nearly died? Queen's chap, that German dude. German, <laughs> you know, Queen's husband. Oh, Phil. Yeah, <laughs> Phil. He went back looking like a zombie the other day. When he re- have you seen that picture yesterday of him back at that car? Oh no, is oh, he looking? Oh my <laughs> god, he just, you know when they say he's a lizard and that, he's just like, yeah. well, there he is, lizard man. And then, <laughs> in, the, in a heated car, yeah, but an older photo was like Prince Charles's fingers. And I look at it once a month. Literally, <laughs> I go back to it, it's haunted me. They're like unbelievably. I mean, you wait till you see the picture. I want to look at Phil first and yeah, see how bad Phil is. Back looking. at car, they've both got masks. Oh, Jesus. Look at that. Looks cadaverous, the doesn't it? king. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. looks terrifying, doesn't it? So, what, so we, what we're looking for? We're looking at Prince Charles's yeah, fingers. <laughs> Prince Charles' massive fingers. <laughs> <laughs> so I Google it. Is that, is that yours? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have to be right basic on my Google search. He's <laughs> actually in there. It's causing me. <laughs> They're fucking wrong. They're absolutely like just like bags. Fucking hell! Look at that, Matt. Look at that. <laughs> oh my god! It looks like he's wearing big gloves or something. Oh, over his claws. Fucking hell! But Camilla loves him. Oh, <laughs> slipping a digi with from Prince Charles. I tell you what, I bet. Jesus. I bet if he waggled them about, it could generate power for an entire <laughs> fucking city. <laughs> 
they're disgusting. It looks like a wow. like he's been burnt or something. They're not real, are they? They're like big plastic hands <laughs> or something. <laughs> Look at them, Matt. I fucking had to get that ring on. Oh, don't no, you can't get it off. God, we'll have to post a picture of that. It's a shocker, isn't it? What's Fucking going on? Hell. Look at them, Matt. You haven't even got any thumbs. <laughs> <laughs> All the fingers have eaten his thumbs. <laughs> oh, well, we'll what have to. What is it, Matt? We'll, uh, I think, uh, well, we'll post a picture of this. <laughs> I don't think we're going anywhere with this, but we'll post a picture of yeah. Prince Charles' fingers. Just some of that's hard. We'll just share it? the horror. Yeah, that's just some of that. Can't stop looking at it. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm going to stop looking at it right now. It makes me feel a bit sick. Yeah, I just can't fathom it. about those fingers let's, yeah. let's refer back to like emotional intelligence and the intelligence service <laughs> certain animals and things like that right and let's let's see how uh, let's see how intelligent this guy comes across <laughs> as this is meet the man who patrols his street as a six foot dalek right oh god <laughs> yeah that guy you know oh, no. so this is itv news from north somerset by rob murphy right so this guy's from somerset as well exactly so it's not every day you see a Dalek rolling down the street, but one man has taken to carrying out his daily walks dressed as the infamous Doctor Who monster. Now, for one, I'm just going to pause it. It's not a walk, is it? No. If you're no, in a Dalek costume, it's not a walk. And if you are walking, you're doing it wrong. Exactly. You're yeah. a proper loser. If you're shuffling about little baby <laughs> steps in a Dalek, <laughs> no. You, you. <laughs> Exterminate! Exterminate! <laughs> oh, hello, Doctor! <laughs> so, Doctor Who fan Ian McTeague from Western Supermare is a train driver. But at weekends, he climbs into his full sized Dalek and rides along the paths near his home. And sometimes, he takes it to the seafront, too. Oh, God. I'm 55 years old young, and people would say I'm growing old disgracefully. So the idea of building Doctor Who's most fearsome weapon for me, it's the ultimate big boy's toy. <laughs> it's not though, is it? Yeah. It's not the ultimate big boy's yeah, toy. All. No, it's an idiot's toy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 55 years young. Yeah. And, and it's at this point, well, what point does your age become so important? When, when yeah, old yeah. people immediately tell you their age. Yeah. 55 isn't old, but he's, he's obviously hit that point. Hey, I'm 55 and I ride around in a darling. Of course you do, mate. Fucking Jesus. Not the false teeth out, say that to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. His wife, Tracy, says she can take or leave Doctor Who. So she couldn't give a toss. <laughs> She's right ass about it. Couldn't give a toss about it, you know. <laughs> but has helped her husband with online performances in his Dalek contraption. Oh, oh God, that sounds... cringy, that is. Oh, creepy. Yeah. Ooh! <laughs> <laughs> oh, attachment much. <laughs> so... So the online performances and at sci-fi conventions. So yeah, it must it must turn a bit bit kind a bit coin there. I isn't don't it? really mind the you know comic cons and all that sort of stuff. Not round your house and down the docks no. and stuff. Well, she's encouraged Ian to turn out in support of the NHS. Mm -hmm. So basically, you can't I mean, clap with that, can you? <laughs> 
I, I think what she's basically saying is fuck off out the house yeah, for a while, yeah, yeah, yeah. but do it for the NHS. Yeah. Stay out for a longer, yeah. a bit longer. Well, I stayed here and have a right, right good cry. Yeah. <laughs> think about what might have been yeah, with Jean. <laughs> she says, "When we did clap for carers, we had everybody on the street out clapping." And most of them were all right about it. Oh. So most of them, so this is going. Yeah, fuck off, Ian. <laughs> yeah. We're not clapping for you, dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> He's going up, going up and down like, oh, they love me, love yeah, the clapping. Yeah, they got to clap. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> they nearly forced us to clap. Why don't you dress as a ventilator instead? We can clap that. So, Ian says. It's not every day you're sat in the living room and a Doctor Who Dalek goes wandering past your window. It's like, I'm not drinking anymore. Oh, fucking he's <laughs> around your end, isn't it? Are you going up and down the street? It's every pissing day. <laughs> every day. <laughs> hey, oh, Ian's out again. Well, <laughs> fucking Ian. Give me that petrol can. <laughs> <laughs> oh, baby, great. Just push him over, wouldn't you? <laughs> Just a black like a Cyberman. Yes. Oh, yeah, you. So Ian said he grew up watching Doctor Who as a child and saw the Daleks from behind the sofa or behind a cushion. Everybody did that. And yeah. anyone goes, oh, do you remember Doctor Who? We used to be behind the sofa. Everybody did. Yeah, exactly. It goes without saying yeah. now that, so let's just drop that shit. <laughs> but it was only in the last year or so, or so that he was able to buy and build the Dalek. So he's, he's let that obsession fester yeah, right. Yeah. He's really All let that grow. He hadn't had a word with himself. <laughs> he hadn't thought to himself, you know what? You were a kid. This is different now. Yeah, yeah. Let's just stop it. He has since bought a second Dalek. But that is stuck with a restoration firm in Chesterfield because of lockdown. <laughs> and when the restrictions ease, the McTeagues plan to take their Daleks to sci-fi conventions. In the meantime, they have redecorated their front room with a Doctor Who theme. Oh. Now what does that mean? Oh, God knows me. I, I can't mean, even imagine... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, to be honest, you see, because I used to watch it occasionally as a kid in the sort of like 70s and 80s, yeah, yeah. and the Doctor Who theme to me it was quite often like a, the office in a, like a military com- a bunker yeah. kind of thing. You know, what I mean? <laughs> that's that's the Doctor Who theme to me, <laughs> unless the walls are totally like the inside of the TARDIS. Yeah. But I just think, oh come on, get a grip. And it's her, Tracy, just letting him do it. She's an enabler, isn't she? Yeah, She'll yeah. be saying, I mean, no woman wants to sort of like sit down with a cup of tea and watch telly. In in the TARDIS, every day. Oh, everybody wants just like a nice comfy couch and yeah. everything just normal, nice picture on wall. And there's fucking Derek sat in the corner and he's probably still in his <laughs> working on K nine in corner. Oh, look, look, he's coming yeah. along. Lovely. An all front room decorate like that. Just oh, think, no, God. keep it to your shed. Yeah. Just keep it to. It's got to be like not a rough area. It's got to be like a really rich area. Imagine some places down by docks here. You're going around like bloody dally. <laughs> The kids are telling you about straight away, you wouldn't you? Have. You'd be scrapped. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I think that's what happens to these. It needs to happen to this guy. I yeah, mean, he's just yeah. taking it too far. He's at, and of course, he's not. He's not waiting for press to come to him. He's phoned press, hasn't oh, he? He's phoned yeah. press and said, "Do you want to see me go up and down the street, my darling?" Oh. Oh. Imagine his sweaty little face inside <laughs> when he's doing it. Oh, <laughs> 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 I'm looking like a boy. Yeah, that's it. Just ridiculous. Nobody on the street liking it. <laughs> Nobody on the street. Oh, I hate Fuck people. Off, like. Do it. I don't do it in your own home. I, I don't believe it. Front room because wife's got to use that. Have a little spare room. Convert that up. Go to Comic Con. Do all yeah. that in private. 
fair dues, but just don't parade around expecting the platform. You'd have to call, so you'd have to see if we went past, you'd have to say, oh look, it's Robbie the Robot. Yeah. <laughs> it's Metal Mickey. Oh look. Oh, I bet he just completely oh. loses his shit. <laughs> yeah. on it. Just stops. Yeah, just stops. <laughs> just goes back. <laughs> goes back home. Throws a U in. <laughs> Oh no, oh no. <laughs> exterminated. <laughs> 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 Fucking exterminated. With gold and great store, I never will play the wild rover no more. And it's no, nay, never. No, nay, never, no more. Will I play? Well, of course, like the the uh, the Daleks were a nemesis of like Doctor Who, which was you know a time warp. Yeah, yeah. But what do you think? Do you think time travel's possible? I've always said it. I don't. Uh, my own personal one. I don't believe in. Kind of reality. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> I know, it's a bit weird, isn't it? But I think it's a dream within a dream, a bit of Paul there for you. But yeah. um, I do, for a lot of years, thought like, like, you know, we're not really getting what reality is. So, yes, I do think time travel is possible because I don't think it's real anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's only time is only like, is it a construct or something yeah, like yeah, that? Yeah. yeah. So this story is by Marco Margaritov for All That Is Interesting, and it is The Legend of the Chronovisor, a time machine hidden in the Vatican. Wow. So from the 1960s until the 1990s, Father Pellegrino Ernetti claimed that he helped create a time machine called the Chronovisor, which he used to observe the crucifixion. Of Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, that didn't happen anyway. You're talking <laughs> shy, lad. <laughs> so, from the unsolved disappearance of Emmanuel Orlandi in 1983 to a covert collection of documents known as the Apostolic Archive, the Vatican's history is full of secrets. And of all the Vatican's purported secrets, none may be more bizarre than the legend of the Chronovisor. The chronovisor is said to be a device that gives the user the ability to see through time. Though the existence of the chronovisor has never been proven, a 2002 book by Vatican priest, Father Francois Brune, says otherwise. Wow, how a priest writing it. Yeah. So according to Brune, the chronovisor was developed by Father Pellegrino Ernetti, a Benedictine monk. Ernetti allegedly kept the device secret until the 1960s when he confided in Brune and told him that 12 scientists, including famed physicist Enrico Fermi and former Nazi scientist Werner von Braun, helped him to build it. So it's made of cathode rays, antennae, metals that received sound and light and signals on all wavelengths. So the chronovisor purportedly allowed the team of scientists to document events of the past including the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. The machine, therefore, could validate the teachings of the Bible simply by providing a first-hand look into the past. <laughs> and they were trying to just peep at little boys. Or yeah, got wrong oh, I've got Jesus, no! <laughs> Where should we go? Well, let's go into the past and go into the boys' toilets <laughs> and look at the little bungholes. 
God, little cruiser thinks you're getting. So, the de facto resource of the Chronovisor is Brune's book, um, Le Nouveau Mystère de Vatican. In it, Brune explains how he met Father Annette on a boat ride across Venice's Grand Canal in the early 1960s. Unlike Brune, Annette was well versed in the history of ancient languages, which made for natural conversation. But soon, Annette directed their chat towards science. Now, Brune had expounded in many ways in which the Christian Bible could be interpreted when Ernetti suggested that he had access to the truth via a time travel device. Now, this is all happening on one boat ride, by the way. Wow, what a boat ride. <laughs> what a ride, yeah, that's it. So, Ernetti claimed that he and a group of renowned scientists came together in a mutual quest to uncover the past. One scientist was Fermi, who won the Nobel Prize in Physics in 1938, and another was ex-Nazi von Braun, whose work got NASA, to, NASA oh, America wow. to the moon, you know. So according to Annette, the device had several antennae, three of the, which were made of mysterious metals that picked up sound and light waves across the entire respective spectrums. Now, the one issue I've got with that, which I have to sort of take take umbrage with, right, is, mm -hmm. you know, there are scientists, the men of science, and they're talking about mysterious metals. I think, you know, come on, name it. Yeah. <laughs> get it, yeah. get it on the periodic yeah. table, <laughs> point them out, you know. <laughs> so a, a, di a direction finder on the device was allegedly tuned into the specific era one wanted to view, while a screen displayed it and a recording device captured the footage. <laughs> So the chronovisor was thus more of a window into the past than a time machine. So it's like just like on TV. And yeah, it's yeah. Like TV. So Annette said it worked like a television, catching echoes from days long ago that had been floating in space. <laughs> and he claimed to have seen astonishing things. So Annette recounted how he witnessed Marcus Tullius's Cicero speech at the Roman Senate in 63 BC. Right? <laughs> His gestures... His intonation, Ernetti infused. How powerful they were! What flights of oratory! So Ernetti made additional, increasingly bolder claims, such as actually having observed the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. From the founding of the Roman Empire to the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, Ernetti alleged that he and his team have taken a peek into some of the most important biblical events. <laughs> now, so... Alongside the admittedly dubious claims, the magazine published an alleged photograph from the chronovisor that Ernetti claimed captured the Romans crucifying Jesus Christ. So he reckons he has a photo of it. <laughs> do you want to see that photo? I do want to see that photo because it's like going on about um, Cleopatra and Mark Antony or something. You know, you put it on, you think, well, wait a minute, that's Elizabeth Taylor, and you just show me that on a TV. It's on a TV. <laughs> that's, just... what it's, that's what it falls down at. <laughs> Well, at least he's actually shown the photo, though. Let's have a, let's have a goosey gander. Let's have a goosey gander at this. It's a little bit of a newsy. Here he comes. There. Now, that's the photo on the left. Now, we will be putting this on our... Um, can you see it? Yeah, that's really poor. It looks like a, like a charcoal picture, doesn't it? You yeah, know what well, mean? what they're saying is, is, if, is that's the painting of a very famous painting of Jesus Christ there. It's like a really bad copy. Look at the size of his lips. Yeah, it's mad, Bloody isn't it? it looks like a kiss off him. What do you do, Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> so basically, like I say, the turn. I mean, look at these points on the head here. Boom, yeah. boom, boom. It's basically what they've got is the the photo, this alleged photo of 
Jesus is basically just this, this painting. It's a world of old tripe, isn't it? That's what it is. Well, the thing is there as well. I mean, what's in the sky that they're, you know, for, say, for example, for a TV to work, for anything, a recording device like that, where you need like a lens on one side yeah. and you need a sort of uh, a viewer on the other. Now yeah. they've got the viewer, so where's the lens sort of peeking well, out? about the antennae, you know, I mean, with mysterious metals. Yeah. That's a lot of all shite, isn't it? That? Yeah, it's, it's, well, I mean, I love the idea of it, don't get me wrong, because I think the Vatican has got some very dark things in it, you know what I mean? Like, you hear it over yeah. and over again, like different, like the libraries and stuff. Yeah, and there's, a lot, there's a lot of weird shit going down there, yeah. you know what I mean? I think it's, but they're also saying here that he, he's, he's kept a little photograph himself, he's kept a photograph of the Last Supper. Oh, that's, oh, that's nice. nice. Yeah, it's, it's, it's for himself, is that? It's not sharing yeah, that one. Because yeah. <laughs> we know what we'd look at. It'd be bloody Da Vinci's Last Supper, wouldn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. Everybody's got right big lips like that one. <laughs> but the, what they're reckoning, though, is this device has been kept by the Vatican. It's kept it safeguarded to avoid it falling into the wrong hands. Mm. Now, let's face it, the Vatican are the wrong yeah, hands. Yeah, yeah, they couldn't get worse hands in the world. No, they could couldn't. No, that's it, you know. And anyone using such an instrument, they say, um, uh, of any of those sort of characteristics would be excommunicated, the record, oh. you know, so they're saying it's not. So touching kids is alright, but yeah, if you mess about with that, you're out. Yeah. Well, the Netty claimed play. that Pope, Pope Pius XII forbade anybody to disclose the details about the device because the machine was very dangerous and it can restrain the freedom of man. So I think what they're actually trying to say there is because if it was me, yeah. And you could say, come on, everyone crowd around big telly. All could fit onto a big screen nowadays, can't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. Know this device. You could basically look and watch the crucifixion. You could watch all these things if you wanted to prove it. But, oh, no, the Vatican say. Yeah. It would stop you having faith, wouldn't it? Uh, oh, you yeah. need faith. That's why we keep it. You need to just believe. You're like doubting Thomas if you want to see the pictures. You need blind faith, and That's they're the ones we... that have been trying to tie us in knots for oh, thousands of years. And then they're saying, "Oh, this this machine could tie you in knots." Yeah, not us. <laughs> fail. <laughs> this is oh. it. I mean, he's absolute bloody cobblers in it. Really like rest, and let's it. face it, a word of Von Braun, Fermi, people like this. You know what I mean? Well, after after Von Braun has. Made this device. Why wasn't he a, a mad, crazy sort of like religious nut afterwards? Yeah, yeah. To see yeah. it and just think, oh my god, have I'm you seen proof? That's it. I'm an yeah. oh, well, I am bad. I've done all these bad things. Because yeah. I've, I've got to, stu- I've got to kneel down and worship Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. Because I've just seen him on telly. That's it. <laughs> Where's the Pope's ring for me to kiss? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's absolute bollocks. It? It'll no, not that's it. Not I like the idea of it. Yeah, yeah. What would you go see then if you could go back in time to see anything? If I could go see anything in time, mm. <laughs> <laughs> I go. <laughs> well, let me give me let me have a chuff. Let me yeah. have a chuff. Can't stop thinking about myself getting made. <laughs> <laughs> Pat me down on my go on lad, give me another book. Fucking hell. What the fuck? Can't follow that, that's just disgusting. Like, I can't see have... you. <laughs> oh, it's gotta stay in there. Yeah. 
let's move on. <laughs> what would you go? What would you go see? I'd love to go see dinosaurs. Would you? I'd love to go see oh, dinosaurs. Cool. I'd like to see dinosaurs. I'd like to see. Um, I'd like to see proof that Hitler died. That's groovy, man. Really want to watch the assassination yeah. of Kennedy. Oh, you've got loads of good stuff. I want to change my mind. It's <laughs> <laughs> <Okay, laughs> disgusting. <laughs> I just want to see how that sticking it to the man. <laughs> Sorry, G Force. Getting a bit late at Cove oh, now. Oh, not that time already. Yeah, but there's something for you. I, I did bring you a bottle of beer back. Did you? Yeah, here you go. You can have oh, a swig of this. I want that mean not to not to do that. I had to bring you some beer back, you know. But anyway, we like to got one more one more bit of casting for you. Just one more story, you know. And this is one giant paw print stirs an age-old debate. How big? Can a wolf be? Oh. So years ago, and this is sorry, this is by Michael Freeman for McLean's magazine. Years ago, on a dark December morning, Ron Doctor was driving alone through the snowy hinterlands of the Northwest Territories when he spotted something odd in the thick, fresh snow. He couldn't get a good look. So he drove home and returned to the scene during his precious four-hour window of subarctic light. The second visit confirmed his suspicions. These were giant wolf tracks, seven and a half inches long. Oh, crikey. So that's off. What's that, seven and a half inches? I'll, I'll get the ruler down. About my cock. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need a ruler to measure this. <laughs> so that's that size. That's, that's as big as my, well, yeah, about as big as my hand. Well, I don't show off. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's packing. <laughs> Holy smoke, the veteran wildlife officer thought to himself, this is unreal. He'd never seen a wolf track that big. Now, Doctor gauged the distance, that's his name, Doctor, not a doctor. So <laughs> doctor gauged the distance between each print, six or seven feet. So that would make head to tail about a wolf about eight feet long. So that is a whopper. So he's actually taking a photo of that as well, but he's just basically just a massive wolf print, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. But it's in snow. In snow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's put his hand next to it, this yeah. sort of scaled kind of thing, you know. But eventually it's kind of gone a bit viral, and uh, he's, people, the word's got around, and they're interviewing him again now, this guy, to find out what, what he thinks, how big he thinks the wolves are and stuff, you know. He says, well, We know there's wolves around here, he says, but that size, nobody's ever seen a track that size. Yeah. So he lives in Tolita. A remote hamlet of 477 people nestled at the junction of the Great Bear and Mackenzie Rivers. The legendary Mackenzie is the longest waterway in Canada, whose basin is home to the Mackenzie Valley Wolves, among the largest grey wolves in North America. So the area's got form. These yeah, big wolves, they know these big wolves around there. So the females can reach 100 pounds in weight, right? So that's, and the males routinely top 
120 pounds in weight. So that's massive, you know oh. what I mean? <laughs> And their prints extend to five and a half inches. Yeah. So you can get an idea of scale from the yeah. size of that part to this part, you know. So anything longer than that is like Sasquatch territory. It's more accurately Amarok territory. Amarok. Now, the Amarok is the legendary lupine of Inuit folklore, a godlike creature who kills lone hunters at night. Most wolves are not Amarok. Sources are foggy on the biggest wolf ever caught, but an Alaskan hunter once bagged nearly a 175-pound wolf. Oh, my God. And that was in 1939, and a few 140-pounders have been caught since. But unlike the mythical Inuit wolf lord, none of them stalked human prey. And it's amazing that more wolves aren't killed by people, says Dean Clough, a regional biologist for the North Slave region of the Northwest Territories. Because they certainly could, and if they knew how weak we were compared to yeah, them, yeah, wolves yeah. would suddenly we'd be on the menu. Yeah, you know I mean? nice no lazy meat about. Yeah, so instead, wolves prefer to compete with their Inuit neighbours for moose and caribou, and the latter presents a problem because Canadian caribou are heading towards extinction. And the spring of 2020, the government of the Northwest Territory spent more than three hundred and twenty thousand dollars to snipe wolves from a from a helicopter. Oh. Right, so. Wow, I didn't realise that they're actually British Columbia spent nearly two million dollars to call four hundred and sixty-three wolves Jeez, from caribou regions. Wow. Yeah. So, but what they do most of the time, they get he gets the this guy Dean Clough. He gets the he gets the, he does like almost like wolf autopsies. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. He, just oh, sees what, what yeah, he sees what they're eating, sees what what they're doing, where they're going. So he gets the weigh and measure and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. It's very hard because sometimes they, they get, he gets the skins and not the full body. Sometimes right, yeah. all sorts of stuff like this, you know. But it seems, I mean, to be honest, if they're culling four hundred and sixty odd wolves, and that's a lot of wolves. Yeah. It shows how essentially sort of like successful they are. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So Cliff is chiseling away at his own solution, right? He says, I have a whole bunch of femurs from all these carcasses that I'm going to weigh, he explains. And Clough has, Clough has asked around. He said, he, he's never found a formula for de de determining wolf weights based on bones. The way paleontologists extrapolate dinosaur data from fossils. So he hasn't worked out a way yeah. to do this yet with wolves, you know. But Clough has seen the, the print photo, right? But a print alone is even less useful than a femur. So this literal Bigfoot wolf is free to run wild in our imaginations ballooning to monstrous sizes. Humans may be in fear of its murderous capacity. Marvel at its strength or scapegoat it for the extinction of a whole other species. Downplaying the roles that climate change and mining development and shrinking habitat have to, on the caribou sort of yeah, their populations. Yeah. In Farley Mowat's 1963 book Never Cry Wolf, in which he describes the lives of wolves in northern Canada, he blamed shrinking caribou numbers not on stigmatised wolves, but on stubborn humans. We have doomed the wolf not for what it is, but for what we deliberately and mistakenly perceive it to be, the mythologised epitome of a savage, ruthless killer, which is in reality no more than a reflected image of ourselves. Ooh, deep. Meanwhile, a modern-day Amarok, impossibly large yet invisible to humans, may roam Canada's tundra in search of prey. Clough, for one, isn't afraid. To him, they mark a thriving ecosystem. Wolves signify life. If you've got wolves, he says, 
you've got real wilderness. Oh, that's groovy. Makes cool. me think of two things. Though. It was like Skinwalker Ranch kind of came oh, straight yeah. to mind with that massive wolf on that because that was just such a. I love that story. Yeah. Um, but that other one in France, is it the. They call it like the werewolf, but it wasn't a werewolf. They were like a fucking massive wolf. On yeah. The loop, the loop, the loop. I think it begins with an L. The loop. So uh, I can. Yeah, because Lucien, something like that. But literally, you know, it was. Oh, I can throw it like. Uh, I don't know. Go on. Yeah, well, I, I can't remember. Oh, I just can't remember the name of it. But um, a couple hundred years ago, type of thing, and he just fucking eating villages and he just eating. Oh, him. yeah, I remember yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. French. King sent the best wolf hunter up there, yeah. and he had a, like a duel with it, and you know, like lost. I think we've covered it on the cove, have we? Yeah, 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 we've covered it on yeah. the cove. Yeah, after after dig it out, I'll remind yeah. you next week what it was. But it is, it's, um, it's such a good start because they actually got it in the end. You know what I mean? Yeah. This wolf hunter second hunting trip got it, and it was fucking ginormous. Yeah. So it shows you can have. Um, and you always get like freaks, freaks in nature, don't you? Like yeah. going up, going down sizes and stuff. Well, it might be the case that it's it's actually bred with a different wolf, sort of like a strain of wolf. Say, for example, you get your your, your tiger and lion, you get your liger, don't you? Oh, yeah, and that, yeah. that grows. That's almost like sort of sixty percent bigger than what a lion or tiger wow, should grow. Is so it? You get a little that. bit of cross of genes with it, and yeah. it's something massive occurs. Wow. Yeah. So you could have something that occurs on that sort of thing, or it could be just the case out there. There's there's plenty of habitat, plenty of it to roam. We underestimate what wolves can. Be, yeah, yeah. you know, and again, like you say, if they get a sniff of what we, how tasty we are, <laughs> that's it, munched, munched. <laughs> <laughs> Just build your house with bricks. Yeah, that's it. There'll be lots of a huffing and a puffing. <laughs> right, well, it's time for us to say goodbye, then, oh, guys. Oh, it's a big bye bye from Benny. I'll be again. I'll again. So we're, we're going to keep it to try and keep episodes out every week now. Yeah, you know we'll try I mean? and we're not going to let you down, guys. Yeah. Uh, especially everyone at the garden centre. <laughs> <laughs> to you guys <laughs> so it's a big bye bye from Benny and it's a bigger bye bye from Matt see you guys uh, see ya there are three ways you may contact Kraken Coles either by email at podcast at gmail.com on twitter at Coles. Or Instagram at Kraken Cove Pod. Ha ha!